So I just want to talk about dealing with uh, and breaking limitations tonight. I feel like the Lord wants to break limitations off of us uh, that hold us down. And the Holy Spirit's just been speaking to me a couple things. It's been interesting. We're in a season of, of um, I won't say persecution, but criticism, and right? Because and, you can't say persecution because if we were being persecuted, you know, I'd be the first to go and off with my head, I'm sure. But the Holy Spirit, you know, we've been doing some things, and, and what I know is this, that as we move into new seasons and God wants to do fresh new things, things start happening, right? And the enemy tries to get a foothold and trying to push in and trying to cause division or trying to cause people, you know, to, to, to be pushed away and whatever that looks like from within or without, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us about that and not focus on the bad things, but we want to focus on what God's actually doing because we can easily, through discernment and suspicion and all that stuff, we can think and think we know what, what's happening and what the enemy might be doing, and you're all probably sitting here going, what in the world is he talking about? There's just been, you know, there's just been people that don't agree with what we're doing, and that's okay. I wear that as a badge. It's a good thing. I feel like if, I'm, if that's happening, God's doing some good things, and I don't worry about the critics. Because when God's moving, you're going to have critics. I don't care what it looks like. And when you begin to um, step out into new places, the Holy Spirit's going to do some things. And then, you know, the enemy tries to come in with religious stuff, and it's really purely just demonic. We'll just call it what it is. A religious spirit is demonic, and a, and a political spirit is demonic. And it's, it rules over territories and areas. And let's just look at, you know, I found out that yesterday that Manchester is one of the two darkest places on, in America. Now, how that gauged up with me, I didn't know because I was thinking, well, New York City, Philadelphia, there could be a lot of places. But I think the issue is this, that the gospel is not received in such a way in the state of New Hampshire. You know, you can go to Philly, you'll find a million ministries. You can go to New York, you'll find a million ministries. And I know there's a lot of ministries in the city of Manchester, but I'm thinking like this. There's an open harvest field, and so we just better go after it, right? Because in, in my old days, I, I didn't mind a challenge. If, if, some, you know, if you wanted to tee off, let's just go, and we'll see what happens, what kind of mess comes off at the end you know, how we, how we end up. Whoever wants the tango, let's go. And we're not, I'm not afraid of the powers of darkness, right? Because I've got a greater light inside of me. The Holy Spirit's living inside of me, and he's living in an army called the church. And so darkness will never win. It will only be defeated by the light. And so we know the end of the book. The end of the book says that Jesus wins, and everyone else can go home, you know? <laughs> And so we're just going to walk in truth and in light, but I just want to look at some things in Scripture tonight just because I want you to dream about destiny, and God has a great and amazing future for you, and we want to break limitations and partner with God. So I want to call tonight's message as faith beyond yourself because we can become very focused on ourselves, right? Someone say amen because really we are, we're with those we're individuals, we've got issues, you know, God wants to deal with some things, and we get focused and self-focused. Even when we're doing good things, we begin to get focused on ourselves. And I want to believe God for greater things, 
more amazing things than he's ever, you know, than I can even think or imagine, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants to do it. And I'm going to prophesy to the whole group, right? I had to write it down because I felt like the Lord wanted something. So really, I want you to take this as a prophetic word. Can you? The whole mess. But this beginning part, right? God's marked us with glory and is changing us from the inside out, changing you from the inside out. And there's a fresh season coming to you that will shake all the places where you haven't believed me in the past times. Because of my goodness, I will overwhelm you with the impossibilities that you can only do through tethering and connecting yourself to me, says the Lord. Hold on tight and hold on tight to a new realm of faith that you haven't experienced before. Let all my goodness pass before you as you embrace my nature and my goodness. Maybe we'll have this written out. I have it written out so I can just put it out later. But I'm breaking you of limitations over your lives so you're not married to trauma and negativity of your past. But past experiences, but you but to my ability to bring you into the wildest dream and the abundant future for you. And I felt like the Lord gave that to me this afternoon as something, as a, as a benchmark, because he wants to bring us up into a higher place. He doesn't want us to get stuck in low-level warfare. Because if I get stuck on worrying about what people are thinking about me and what's happening around me and all the me, me, I, I stuff then I don't look at the bigger picture. You have to look beyond yourself and look at what God has for you. And so the enemy will bring things to you to pull you far from God just because he will bring distraction. He will bring things to, to absolutely divert you and put you off course. And every one of us needs to stay on course, on target, looking towards the mark and moving towards that mark, right? So 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says... Knowing this is things that God has for you, right? I'm going to read out of the message, and I'm going to read out of some translations that don't sound anything like the King James that I usually read. But it's, the, it's 1 Corinthians 2.9, and you all know the scripture. It says, no one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. What God has arranged for those who love him. God's arranged things for those who love him. And if we absolutely concentrate and look at love and look at God and in the power of his love over humanity, over those who are next to you, over your destiny, you know, God loves you so much, he wants you to absolutely obtain the things that you think that you lack. He wants you to obtain those things and grab hold of them and not be set about outside of them. And the Holy Spirit wants us all to grab healing and he wants us all to grab uh, deliverance, and he wants us all to be set free, right? Ephesians says it like this out of the mirror translation, I desire that you become intimately acquainted with the love of Christ on the deepest level, far beyond the reach of academic or intellectual grasp. With this, with this scope, God finds the ultimate expression of himself in you. Did you hear that? He finds the ultimate expression of himself inside of you. And that's where we all want to live out of. We want to live out of that place where he absolutely expresses himself out of us because we know and we've been tethered to the love of Christ. And we celebrate him who supercharges us powerfully from within. Our biggest request of, mo of most amazing... 
Our biggest requests of the most amazing dream cannot be matched, cannot match the extravagant proportion of his thoughts towards us. So we have to understand that God has big, big plans. You know, and some things were prophesied to us even last week over everyone in this building, right? And I feel like the, the enemy wants to come right after and start smacking people around and getting people discouraged and getting us on a woe me and getting us like, oh, I can't do that because I looked at this thing even with what Ryan said to, to us personally and I, I give it to the, it, you know, you receive it as the house. Some of the things I went over last week, but one was having multiple places of worship. And I'm like, I, I don't want anything to do with that. And the Lord rebuked me. Because it's like, I just look at that as like, oh my God, it's more people. How do I, that's like crazy. But come on, let's just believe by faith. And I have to ask the Lord to give me, come on, greater faith. Because you can't get to where God has you, has a benchmark for you, unless you believe him for something greater than what your little vision is. And I'm not saying that anyone in this room, don't take that wrong. But, you know, if we can achieve it in our own ability, I feel like it didn't come from God. And so it's going to be way beyond what we ever thought or think. And, and I wanted to just get a perspective on this because when we go through traumatic experiences, like we've had things come up in the past. Ready? And this is what happens. We remember that more. This is just fact, right, on the human mind. You remember trauma way more than you remember the good things that happened to you. It's just a fact. And I'm going to tell you this, 50% of the church in America is not going to church because of past experiences. That's just, it's fact. They're not going to church. They may be a believer, it may be for good reasons, but I'm telling you most of it is probably because of that, you know, not good situations that they've come out of. Because we all, you know, come on, I've been there. I clap my hands, shake my hands, and say, I've had it. But God doesn't want us to live in that place because of bad experiences with, bad, with people that, you know, come on. Everyone's broken in some way, and God's trying to heal the church. And so God wants to bring us through, and so we want to see things healthy. So much of the church is jaded and disillusioned. And so we're not believing God for the utmost life. We're believing God for a lo lower level life. And God wants to bring our benchmark way higher, guys. I'm telling you, there's something about a life that's totally committed and totally given over to the plan of God for you that is absolutely going to rock your world if you just give over to it. And so we need to train ourselves. We need to absolutely train ourselves to think beyond that way. See, we need to train ourselves to be present with what God's doing. Are you hearing me? Because if we stand outside of that the whole time, if we stand outside of all the goodness of God, see, he wants us to absolutely embrace him in this way so that when we embrace him, we see the goodness of God, just like Moses, pass before us. Why did Moses see the goodness of God just pass by? Because he was so close to the Father. 
right? In one way, he said, I, I can't show you my face. No man will live. But in the next thing, it was an embrace so that he could see all his goodness pass. And so that's where we want to be as a church. We want to see through the perspective of Jesus Christ redeeming our vision. Jesus is the one that redeems vision. The Holy Spirit inside of you is going to cause you to see and hear and, and actually adver advertise. I might need a battery. I knew that was going to happen. What God's doing in a greater way. So we have to train ourselves to be present in what God's doing and stay engaged with that. How many are you going to do that with me? I really feel like it's very important because I, I know, can I say this right now? This is, this is a little, little home, home talk tonight because we need to believe God for greater vision. Excuse me. Check one, two, that's better. See, because I, I feel like this is what's, what the enemy wants to use for, come on, get us thinking, get me thinking, all right, as the leader. And you guys are like, well, what's going on? It's just a little, little critiques. It's okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal. It's not even, it's not even internal. It's coming from the outside. And so the Holy Spirit's wanting us to look. Focus on me. Keep your eyes on me. Because I'm going to, if, come on, if it was what was said is true, right? Within one year, that's the word of the Lord. Within one year, well, that gives us one year from almost the birth date. Because we started this thing on, on, on an, in October. I still, we started construction in July, but I couldn't get out of my own way for a few months. Yep. <laughs> So now I'm way past out of my own way, and the Holy Spirit wants to do something incredible. Do you believe that? And so I'm looking at, you know, the crosshairs around Manchester, right? It's what we just aim at, and we just need to ask the Lord, Lord, you got to find the space. you gotta, you, you got to do this because it doesn't have to be Manchester. It can be Londonderry. It can be, you know, get us close to the city, somewhere in the vicinity, because there is such an amazing harvest that's available. And it's not churched people. It's all kinds of people. And God's in the business of winning souls to himself. Come on, somebody. He's in the business of saving all of humanity. He's in, this, he's in the business of grabbing hold of men's hearts. And so the whole thing with the, with the prophetic ministry, and listen, we're going for it. Going for it because I'm not, you can't just pull back because of a few people who are skewed in their vision. That's all we're going to do. Well, that's all we can say, right? A few people that get skewed. So as soon as, it's weird because as soon as we started the Sean Bowles thing, I, there was something that came across. And then this week, something else came across. I'm like, that's two in a row. That's almost three weeks in a row. We've had like little ping, ping, you know, shooting arrows. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, right? But the Holy Spirit wants us to, listen, be the overcomer. Walk in truth. Walk in light. Fill ourselves with fullness, right? 
And so we have, the, I just want to just look at a couple more scriptures, and I want you to realize that God has his best for us as we go forward. Because we're coming out of, come on, I think we're coming out of like, you know, not that I mind, you know, we can have 30 people and I'm happy. All right? My wife's looking at me with, bat, with big eyes again. I'm just going to confess something else. I'm, I'm happier with 300. Come on. God wants to raise up 3,000 souls, you know? Come on. It doesn't stop with little. I'm, I'm going to be content with, with what God's doing. But in the same note, I know he's got a higher litmus test for us to, to just grab hold of and go for. Right? So he wants us to come up to the mark. But he doesn't want us to live in a place where we're limited, like we have a ceiling, like we can't get there, like that's not happening, and like we have no vision for it. So I want you to have vision for something greater, something great. And this, you know, you just go, we do this corporately, but then we look at it individually. God has something amazing for you because it's not all about what's in the house. I don't like that thinking. It's about what's greater and what God has for each individual as well because the greatness of what's going on with every individual will absolutely bring a flow to the corporate. Are you hearing me? And so we want to we ignite. We want to we go out. We want to continue to win souls. I feel like almost every like once a month isn't enough, but we're just good there for now. And I'm telling you, any, <laughs> any Saturday anyone wants to go out and touch... Anyone, you just go. You don't need permission. Remember I said that last week? We don't need permission. You don't need permission. Just go win, folks. Go be, go be light. And so I was just looking at some other things that Jesus had said. Remember the guy that came? His, his disciples went, and they, they were trying to cast the devil out of, out, of, out of a kid who had epilepsy. He was throwing himself into the fire and into the water. And it says this, again, I'm reading out of the message. It says this, it's Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Because Jesus went and he began, and, and the guy went to, to Jesus and said, will you, will, you cast a, will you help my son? He needs your help. And Jesus said, if, there's a question, if you would just come to my house, if you would just help my son. And then he says this, there are no ifs among believers. Isn't that good? Thank you, Eugene Peterson. Anything can happen. And then he said, no sooner were the words out of his mouth than the father cried, then I, I believe, help me with my doubts. So what's God trying to do tonight for all of us in this room? He's trying to bring us up to another level of faith to believe him for the higher things, to believe him, not low-level things anymore. We're going to believe over and above, above and beyond, that we live in this place, that the Lord is going to absolutely do what he said he would do. Because he's not a liar, and he never lies to you. And he's a good father. He is so good, he wants to give you the desires of your heart according to his purposes. And he doesn't want you to live outside of that. Are you hearing me tonight? He really does. He really wants us to live way beyond, and he wants us to live in the fullness of his light, and he doesn't want anything to distract us from the fullness of God on our lives. 
It's that exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power, the very power that lives inside of you and works inside of you. It's not by any other way. It's one thing I said to the young man. I said, this is good. You've you got a brand new fresh start. I said, but God's calling you way higher. It's not just about having a nice job and trying to function in life because God has a way higher life than you. I can see the young man. I could just see destiny all over him. And I, said, I was thinking to myself, man, there's such life inside of him right now. Now, God, how do we preserve that? How do we pull that out? How do you pull the gold out of him? And this is what God's trying to do. He's trying to pull the gold out of every one of us. And so you need to look at him and say, Jesus, just pull every, every bit of goodness out. And we need to just take everything that, come on, all the stuff that held us back from the past, everything that kind of held us back, all the, way we, the ways we thought before, the traumas we went through, you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't work according to his purposes. The Bible doesn't say that he's going to help you according to your traumas. No, he's going to help you according to your faith. And faith is way outside your trauma. It's way beyond, way outside of your trauma or your place of trauma or your place of brokenness or your place of where you're insecure and you feel like you have lack. And so I know this is the Lord's heart that as we continue to move forward, right, and look forward. And I was talking last week about striking the ground with the arrows, with the prophetic declaration. Because God is wanting us to declare and rehearse and continue, right? Were you here last week? I know you all were. Joe wasn't, but he was listening online. I know he was. But he wants to declare that. And so sometimes it's weird. Can I say that? It's weird because when we get more mature, we get more jaded. We don't believe God. Well, why would God want to use do that? Like, really, God, you really want to do that now? Like, I'm, you know, you, you gave me that 20 years ago. Now you're going to do that now? Come on, I'm the only one in the room. And I want you to realize that God has made us the way he has so that he can lift us into the supernatural. Because it's got to be way beyond what I can think. It has to be way beyond that. And the Lord wants to do that for each one of us. And so we're tripped up by old bad experiences, but if we focus on the redemptive, if we focus on what's good, if we focus on all that God has redeemed, all that God has transformed, because that's what he wants to do. He wants to renew things. He wants to change things. He wants to move us into a bigger space. And this isn't a rah-rah vision to get into a bigger space. That's not what I'm doing tonight. Well, we want that. Because the harvest is somewhere over there, and we're removed from it. I believe that with all my heart. And so God has a much more redemptive outlook than you think. Y'all missed that. He has a way more redemptive outlook on things than we look at. Sometimes, you know what? Sometimes this is how we get jaded. We start looking at things and we start, mm, I don't know. I'm seeing something. Something's just not right. I don't know about that person. I don't know about those people. Something's just not right. 
Come on, you've all been there. <laughs> At least she's got joy. Seriously. And we all think we've got something pegged instead of looking redemptively at situations and saying, wow, this is everything I asked for. This is what I was looking for. But you know, I can see some things that are wrong. And what happens is when we become more and more familiar with folks, and come on, it's like this. You, you go to a church for a while, right? And then you get there and you sit down for a while, and then you're hanging out with the folks for a while. And then, you know, then, then all the, the honeymoon wears off, man. It just wears off. You know what I'm saying. And then we start thinking, man, I don't know if I belong there. I don't know. You know, I won't say anything else. I'll, say, I'll stop. But we, but we start to believe what we think. I'm just saying. We start to believe what we think, and maybe we're not thinking right. Because God wants us to think in a different way. He wants to think, uh, think things with redemptive purpose. Right? So if we see things, we, we either take a place of an accuser or we take a place of an intercessor. Right? And so the intercession brings shift and change. Because, come on, you start speaking in tongues at something, it's going to move. Come on, Damon. It's going to change. You're going to believe that God's going to shift and move things. So he's got much more of a redemptive outlook. Can I say this? I'm going to say this. And I'm a signs and wonders guy. I love miracles. I love signs and wonders. But after it's all said and done for the moment, after all the things happen, you're still looking for more. And can I tell you the truth about this? Is that if we're not tethered to the presence and the power and the goodness of who he is, then signs and wonders are absolutely nothing more than an addiction. And I, listen, I want to see the sick raised up. I want to see the attic completely delivered. But then tomorrow, what happens? You need it again and again. And maybe if it doesn't happen again, then you become discontent. Because I can tell you this from my experience just going to the Philippines. I came back, I went into depression. Like this was the only life I was supposed to live. Well, you, I'm not picking up and going to live in the Philippines for the rest of my life. It's just not happening. Unless God says... Do you understand? But we saw it was Acts for 15 days. Every place. It didn't matter if it was a meeting or it's meeting someone on the street. There was miracles. It was always prophetic. Bam, bow, boom, 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 boom. It was always shaka bam. It was. It was amazing. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. But I found this out that when I got back, I felt like I was like having withdrawals. And not that my life wasn't tethered to the Lord, but I came back and I'm like, I was in depression. And the Lord wants us to live in this in America, okay? I'm not saying this doesn't, this shouldn't happen here. But what I'm saying is this, after the miracle, after you see someone's leg grow out, after I see someone completely healed of a, of a wrecked knee, totally, bad surgery, totally comes in on a wheelchair, leaves, pushing the thing out. What happens the next time? Come on, we're just asking God for another miracle. And that's what he does. That's who he is. That's who he is. It's just who he is. So if we tether ourselves to who he is, then the fullness of who he is will come out of us. 
and the power of God and the, and the love of God and the absolute wrecking ball of his presence will come out of our lives if we just tether ourselves to him in his life. There's a beauty in the, in the presence and the power of God that I think we don't, that we take for granted. So unless you completely engage with God, the God of your future, unless you completely engage with the God of your future, you'll never be sustained by God. I'm telling you, he wants to sustain us. There's a, something about the children of Israel. They always wanted to see the power of God. But it says that Moses wanted to know his ways. So I'm at, I'm, my, my, my message tonight, my, my plea tonight, is that we shift our eyes from thinking way beyond ourselves, way beyond ourselves, to grabbing hold and absolutely connecting ourselves to the, to the king. And I know my message is always levi- gravitate around, levitate. <laughs> be good if I started levitating. Then you'd really be, you know, Facebook Live. Come on. <laughs> But the Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold and just let him be the center, the gravitational pull. Because there is a gravitational pull of his presence that's bringing us closer and closer, and it's only going to mark us and, put, and spring us towards destiny. So we want to engage with him, and we want to go way bigger and way beyond what we thought. So in Acts, chapter, uh, King, 2 Kings, I don't know how I said even Acts, what is that? 2 Kings chapter 6. You know the story? It's after Elisha receives the mantle from Elijah. Chapter 6, it says this, The sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell is far too small for us. It's a small place, and we need to expand. So please let us go to the Jordan. Now let's just stop there for a minute. What does Jordan signify? Jordan signifies crossing over. Right? It was Joshua that went to cross over. And so it says, please let us go to the Jordan and let us take every man, take a beam from there and let us... Go to the place where you may dwell. And he said, go. And so that's, that's the Lord's, let's just put Elisha where God is supposed to be, right? He's the man of God. He's the anointed one. He's Jesus. And this is what Jesus told us before. He said, go. Come on, half of God is go. Go. Go and do what you've been called to do. Go and seek what you've been called to seek. Go and find what you've been called to find. Go and blow the place up and expand into the place that I've called you because it's way beyond any measure that you've ever had that he's going to pour out on you to do it, to accomplish it, to see it happen. 
Because you're gonna, you want to see it happen with your own eyes. You don't want to see the next generation. I want the next generation. I want my kids to see the greater glory. But I want to see the glory. I want to see the greater glory now. I want to leave a legacy, but I want to see, I want to enter in. I don't want to be like Moses who stayed outside. I want to go in. And so I want to cross over and I want to go into a bigger place. And so everyone in here, you want to, you're called to a larger place. You're called to a larger influence. You're called to make a difference and expand that which God called you, even if it's, even if it's infant right now. That's why I'm saying we've been here two years. That's early for a church plant, really. But I'm expecting, come on, year three. It's God's number. Come on, three is significant for growth. I believe that if we can believe God, not just for this place, but for your own life. Come on, year three, boom. You go into something greater. You go into something greater. And so then it says that, that he went down and he was cutting three and he lost the axe head. Remember that? He start, they start getting ready. They're starting to prep. And all of a sudden, there's, come on, there's a trip up. What's the trip up? We lose our edge. We lose the edge of what God's about to do. We don't see the cutting edge of what God's about to do. He loses the edge. And the prophet calls it back because God will always call what we lose back. If it's to build for him, if it's to actually expand things for his kingdom, if it's to actually bring things to a greater level, he's going to give it back to us so that we can work with what he's given us. And so maybe sometimes we lose a little bit of our edge, a little bit of the sharpness, a little bit of the place, because faith will make you sharp. Come on, faith, you just got to move outside of yourself. You can't live in the constricted space if you're living in faith. You can't live in a place that's constricted and holding you down and tethering you to the earth. You can't live in that place. But God wants you to have eyes of faith and to believe by faith to do greater and, and things that even greater, right? Jesus said you do the greater works. And so we want to expand our thinking, expand physically what we're doing. And so we got the axe head back. But there's nothing wrong with being a little edgy. Are you hearing me? There's nothing wrong with being a little edgy. What's edgy? Edgy. See, the prophetic is edgy. Prophetic ministry is edgy. It bothers people. It pokes people. It rubs people the wrong way. Doesn't it? Sometimes. Now, we're here to uplift, encourage. Come on. <laughs> I was thinking this today. You know, that's all we're doing in the prophetic. But some people just don't want that. You can try and encourage people through prophecy, but some people just don't want to be encouraged. I'm telling you, you can bring a word, and sometimes people don't want to move. 
You can bring a good word. And I'm not saying, you know, negative stuff. I'm talking good stuff. But you can be encouraged and get an amazing word and still not be encouraged. Just turn to Romans chapter 8. I'll close up in a second here. Yeah, sure. Romans chapter 8. Yeah, let's start in 28. Right, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called, called according to his purpose. It's a good verse. For those he, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say of these things? If God's for us, who can be against us? I just want to look at being called and being predestined and being glorified because we like, we're okay with being called and we're, we thank God for Jesus that we become justified, right? Jesus called us and he justified us, but I feel like the, with the church as a whole stays there because we think glorified is something after our death. Are you hearing me? You've been justified. We know, come on, we've got the road to salvation. The cross has brought us to Jesus, the blood of Christ, and we know that, and we've been justified, and that is the, that is the very centrality of our Christianity. That's how we, how we become born again, is by acknowledging the cross, acknowledging Jesus Christ. He died for us. He lives for us. Come on, he died and he lived for us. But we don't understand the part of being glorified. And what does he mean by being glorified? That as we've been predestined, we've been called, we've been justified to live in the finished work of the cross. Now we move from there and we, be, we are glorified. We walk in the glory realm. We walk in realms that we don't understand and nor do we know. But God's calling us into a place that we're called to actually discover. And so he called you, he predestined you, he foreknew you that you would walk in a place that you were going to have to journey into a place that was beyond yourself, that was beyond, the glory realm is the faith realm. You don't just access that place on your own understanding or own efforts. But the Lord is releasing a realm of glory to the church that if we would just grab hold of it, we would go far beyond, far beyond. Will you dream with me for a minute? Far beyond what we could think. Because it's beyond thinking. Faith is beyond your thoughts. My God, if I was Smith Wigglesworth tonight... <laughs> You could go 17 different ways with that. But there's men of God who believe God and women of God for great big things. 
And what I'm trying to pull us up to is a bar that's way beyond our own understanding, way beyond our own measure, way beyond even understanding. You're trying to understand glory? What is glory? It's the very presence. It's the essence. It's the, it's the love. It's the power and the presence of God. It's who God is. It's the substance of who he is. And we're trying to understand it theologically. Wrong. And this is where the Lord's calling us at this, come on, at this hour. Because <laughs> he wants you to prepare to cross over. And it's not just from one good thing to another good thing. It's calling you way beyond yourself. It's calling you way beyond your own understanding. He wants to renew our minds and renew our inner man and renew and renew and renew and renew. That's why, come on, there was no death. Are you hearing me? Go back to the scripture I shared with you before. When Adam was walking in the cool of the day, like Enoch, he was walking in the cool of the day, in the wind, in the ruach of God. So anything in him that was deteriorating, anything in him that was actually dying, any vision, any, any insight, anything that in his natural mind, but he was already created in the image of God, and so are you. But when he was created in that way, every time he came into the presence in the cool of the day, it renewed him. Isn't there a scripture that says something about that? Because he wants to renew us day by day. I feel so much God on that. The Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold of that. That the Holy Spirit is coming to renew you day by day. I don't, listen, personally, I live a busy life. I've got this and then another job. This is a full-time job, really. I could just leave what I'm doing and go into this full-time. I'd be happy. Tickled. Come on, there'd be more glory and more devils. Come on. But I'm encouraging us tonight. Realize this, that he calls you to the cool of the day. It's not about God walking because God was never walking. It was the wind of God that was in the garden with Adam and that he knew him by the Spirit. It was the very Ruach of God that brought life to Adam. It brought life to him. So where did he live? He lived in this place. There was no death. We don't know how long Adam was even on the earth before he fell. Could have been a thousand years. Because a day is as a thousand years with the Lord. Come on, I'm getting us to think outside our box. Because this is where the Lord wants to take us. Listen, you have something greater than the, the original old covenant. You, you have something greater than Adam. Come on. Come on. You have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of God. Adam was the first son. Jesus is God himself. All right, it's too much tonight, huh? I'm telling you, God wants to bring us into places. 
And we cannot get there with this old mind. I can't. And you can't either. I can't get there even in this flesh because God knows it needs to be renewed. So what happened with Enoch? Enoch went in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out until he decided, I'm not going back. Right? He said, I'm not going back again. Why do I, why should I go back? Why? Because there's things on the earth that were tethering him to go back and forth. And see, that's why we're very tethered to the earth. And this is my point tonight, that we be completely tethered to God and the spirit of God and the spirit of faith. Come on, because when God spoke, all of a sudden things were created. Yeah, I'm crossing the line, right? I'm crossing it. I believe that we can speak, right? He said, speak. Declare. I'm not talking about self-absorbent stuff. I'm talking about believing God to go beyond yourself into places that you'd never dreamed or imagined. And there's impartation for that tonight for you. And all we have to do is reach up and grab it, right? And you pull it right down. So God's always forging the future with creativity and power. And so I want to grab hold of that tonight. There's something for us in that tonight. So I don't know. I feel like I just got, I released what I was supposed to release tonight. And I know it's like kind of heavy, good stuff in here. That's okay. We just take it. We receive it. And we'll just, if we want impartation, if you need healing in your body, we do all that stuff anyway. But I want you to really think about that. But the power of God, you don't, listen, you, we totally need God and the presence to renew us. I need to be renewed. You need to be renewed. And number one, you're thinking. The shoe fits, take it off, someone said. Right? All right, stand with me. Tori, will you help me? Just you can just play. Just play. You don't have to sing. No singing. Huh? I know, because our voice is toast. She needs to be renewed day by day. Just reach up to heaven. Can't look at me. <laughs> you can. You won't find much. <laughs> the only thing that's good for anything would be God. Father, we just thank you tonight. We love you. I'm just asking tonight that you just activate faith. That, Lord, you teach us to renew ourselves in the presence. We just cast down every lie tonight, everything that keeps us from the knowledge of you. 
Lord, we can't learn this by academics. We can't learn it by any other way. But by the fulfillment of what you've spoken over each one of us. I thank you for every word spoken over every person in this place, Father. We thank you for every prophetic key that's going to bring us into our destiny. Father, I'm asking right now that you teach us to walk in the garden in the cool of the day. That, Lord, we're infused with faith. That, Lord, when we speak and we declare things, Father, they just begin to happen. When we speak to sick bodies, Lord, they begin to, they totally healed. Nothing even to it. Because, Lord, you spoke and people were healed. You spoke things into creation and they were created. So even in people's bodies right now, Lord, anything that they're lacking, Father, we just speak a, a creative word over them. That, Father, there's a restoration and a total creativity of the thing that's lacking that will be completely renewed right now. And I thank you, God, that you're bringing us into higher places. And we walk into that place by faith and not by sight. We can't see in the natural what you're doing. But, Lord, I'm asking that there be a release of faith tonight that we'd grab hold and tether ourselves in a greater way to you. That, Father, we'd embrace you and look at the goodness of things that are happening around us. It's not gloom. It's not doom. It's not you're not doing enough. It's you're doing everything amazing. And you're going to create things around us that touch people's lives in ways we never thought. And so I thank you, God, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's in this place right now that breaks every mindset that's not of you, that supercharges us on the inside right now, that breaks us out of any place where we don't have an edge. Lord, you bring the edge back now. And Lord, we want to participate with you in what you're doing, and so we engage with the heavenly courts. And Lord, I thank you that there's been a judgment made over all the saints, that there's absolute victory in every area. That, Father, we live out of a realm of your potential. Nothing in our own. We love you, Father. We thank you. So shift every mindset right now. Bring us beyond ourselves. Lord, you call the generation to walk as Enoch walked, that walked as Elisha, as Elijah walked. Thank you for the triumphant life of every believer in this place. And so bring us all into fullness, even now, right now. Right now, Father. Lord, a little more eternity filling us. Lord, a little more hunger for eternity and the realms of eternity to live inside of us. That we walk in the light of everything you've done and all the provision of the cross right now in Jesus' name.